Good afternoon. Today is September 4th, 2016, and you're listening to Sales 60 Live. Today's topic, we're going to be talking um, we're going to be talking about uh, sales and how to develop a uh, a a uh, discount sales campaign. So let's go ahead and get started today. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Sales 60 Live with your host, John Etter. 60 minutes of sales talk starts right now. All right, before I get into it, I want to remind everybody to follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Subscribe to my channel on Mixler.com. That's M-I-X-L-R.com. Uh, follow me on SoundCloud and iTunes, available for download. Uh, you can download this episode right to your smartphone with your podcast app. Uh, share this channel with your friends, family, colleagues, and if you'd like to suggest a topic for an upcoming episode, uh, reach out to me at sales60live at gmail.com. That's sales60live at gmail.com. Also, a um, couple other little features here that, that I've, I've started pretty recently. Uh, every day I have a quote of the day at 8 a.m. on Facebook. So if you check out my Facebook, you'll see a quote every single day. It's a sales quote. Let me share. Let me look and uh, share today's with you. I haven't even looked at looked at it yet. I went went through and preloaded a ton of them in there. So every single day, there's a brand new quote. It's really good to kind of start off your day, your sales day with, and um, yeah, just kind of get in the right mind scheme. Scheme, and it's really funny because. The quote of the day always seems to correlate with the day. So today is, most people think selling is the same thing as talking, but the most effective sales people know that listening is the most important part of their job. And that's uh, Roy Bartel. So awesome quote, love it. Uh, check that out if you want to see more of that. Go to my Facebooks uh, at Sales60Live um, and uh, check that out. Also, throughout the week, I'm sharing articles and letting you see where I'm sourcing a lot of my information from, a lot of the tools that I actually use in my businesses, and um, yeah, check check that out. And you can see a lot of the free apps that I use and some of the more expensive apps that I use to um, help be more productive in, in, in my workday, and uh, a, lot of my, a lot of my employees use as well. So today, I want to go ahead and get started, or actually, I want to real quick talk about last week last week we were talking about growing your business with upselling if you haven't listened to that episode please check it out it was a really good episode we talk about different ways to upsell how you can uh, be more effective upselling it was a really good episode so go on soundcloud go on itunes download the podcast and uh, check out that last week's episode today we i want to talk about creating a sale uh, and, and I'm not talking about just making like one sale, uh, like, you know, in a, in a salesperson, you know, making a sale, I'm talking about doing like a retail discount sale or, uh, you know, creating an ad or creating a sale that way. So I, I don't even know the word to kind of describe it, but, but basically doing a sale for a company, right? You want to, you want to be able to, uh, do a sale for a company. So we've got a lot of holidays coming up. We've got black Friday coming up. We've got, you know, Christmas coming up. We've got a uh, Labor Day tomorrow. Uh, so we, we have a lot of ho holidays coming up. And that means that there's a lot of opportunity for brick and mortars and online retail stores to do sales and to really take advantage of that market and uh, gain new customers and whatnot. 
So I wanted to talk, take this episode to talk about how to create a quality sale, or at least the steps that I use to, uh, I, and I, I want to say myself and my team, um, used to create sales and, and they've gotten really good at it. And I, I admire them so much. They've, they've gotten really good at creating, um, quality sales. So when I first entered into the retail space, I looked online to see if there was actually articles on this because, you know, I'm a student all the time. I want to make sure that I'm getting the right information, make sure I'm doing things the best as possible. And what I, it, it seemed that sales were kind of like a trade secret, you know, like the, like Best Buy wouldn't really disclose how they put their ads together and, and, um, you know, th there wasn't a lot of articles, a lot of content about it, about it. So I had to kind of do trial and error to find my own way. So what I'm going to do today is actually show you or share with you, I'm going to say my, uh, my recipe for success when creating sales and the steps that I use and my team uses to, to create sales. So the first thing you want to do is you want to ask yourself, why do I want to do a sale? Okay, and and you'll hear a lot of a lot of the things that I'll I'll say, um, a lot of the first steps in most of my process uh, processes are why you have to understand the why, and this is I, I guess this is a millennial thing um, because a lot of the <laughs> the if you go back to my episode uh, managing millennials, you know one of the big things that you want to overcome you know, when giving direction is the why. So for me, understanding the why is very important because the why gives me the framework, gives me the foundation to build the framework on, I guess. The, the, why, the why is the foundation. Then from there, I built the framework and then from the framework, I fill in the pieces. So uh, why do I want to do a sale? Is it to get more revenue? Is it to get rid of dead stock? Is it to make my business more known or am I trying to get more customers or is there a holiday coming up? Maybe it's as simple as it's an industry standard similar to Black Friday. Everybody does a sale, so I got to do one too. It, you want to examine those whys, right? And and maybe it's a combination of a couple different whys or, because the whys are going to give you your goals and all of those are good reasons to do sales, uh, but if you just simply discount a product, you're going to lose profits, you're going to lose revenue, and you're not going to grow your business. So I've put together about four steps to making a good sale, and we're going to dive into those a lot more in depth here. So I'm going to go over the four points that I have, and they're really simple. It's it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty common sense. So when I say this, don't, don't, turn the podcast off and say, God, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. It's, it's, I'm going to go a little bit more in depth. So the first step is make a plan. You got to start with the plan. If you don't start with the plan and you just say 10% off, 20% off, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, you're not going to see the success that you want. And then on top of that, you're going to be discouraged from doing other sales. And that's not what you want to do. Uh, your, your success or failures should be trackable, should be measurable, and you should learn from them. Don't, X something out just because you decide that it didn't work one time or even one time over years, you know, it, it doesn't matter. You have to constantly grow and evolve the idea. The marketplace grows and evolve. So why shouldn't your strategies grow, grow and evolve? The same thing I did 20 years ago is not going to be the same thing I did. Or it's not going to be the same way that is going to work today. So I have to constantly grow. And, and I want to even shorten that down. The same thing I did a month ago may not be the same thing that works today. So you have to look at your plans constantly and 
and evolve them. And every time you go to do something, especially when you're talking about making a sale, uh, when you're creating a retail sale uh, or a discount sale, you have to sit down and make a plan from scratch. You know, you take those ideas and the experience of the past and you make that sale. Um, so we'll talk, we'll get into the planning stages in a minute. Uh, step two, stock up. That's, that's really important. We'll, we'll get into that. Um, next thing is be annoying with your marketing. Again, we'll dive into that. And the last step, make money. It, it, it's really that simple. It's, it's, it's not any more complicated than those four steps. If, if you look at it from face value. Now, I'm going to dive into those four steps and break each one down. So the first step I talked about was making a plan. This is, it's it's paramount because if you start building framework without foundation, you're bound to, you know, just sink. You have to have that foundation to build everything off of in the plan. Well, I'm sorry, your goals, I'm sorry, your goals are, uh, or the why is your foundation and the plan is your framework. So you want to have the why's taken care of and then from there you start expanding on that and start building out that framework. You want to make sure that you're actually accomplishing a goal. Okay, so if you if you ask yourself, why do I want to have a sale? Why am I trying to do a sale? Uh, and your answer to yourself is, I want to gain more revenue. Then you need to be looking to position your product more aggressively priced. You know, you have to you have to start looking at ways that you can gain more revenue. If you're looking to get rid of dead stock, then you need to focus on bundles and and aggressively priced. Um, in most industries that I've worked, um, this won't apply to all industries, but if a product is sitting on the shelf for six months, it's dead stock. That means that the product has actually cost you, like, if you pay $10 for that product to at wholesale cost and you sell it for 20 that product is, is almost worthless at this point. Um, recouping, recouping even a dollar is a win at that point. The uh, uh, Sam Walton from Walmart was really innovative with that, with that mindset. Companies were creating back stocks and and whatnot, and he actually had a formula. I believe he had the formula, uh, but either Walt Walmart created a formula that they they discovered, and it sounds it sounds again uh, like common sense. But one of the one of my favorite quotes is the common sense of one generation, or I'm sorry, the philosophy of one generation is the common sense of the next so it was it was ingenious at the time and now we we accept it as common sense where if a product is not where is if the product is not customer accessible which means that the customer can reach and grab it themselves off of a shelf off of a display off of the the floor off of a rack off of an aisle wherever it is if the customer cannot grab it without any ex assistance then it, it's considered back stock and that back stock costs you money every single uh, that that cost I'm sorry that backstock costs you money and the the backstock actually starts to depreciate in value over a certain amount of time and they've gotten this down to minutes you know every minute it's in backstock it's costing you x amount of dollars it's depreciating x percent um and this can be this can be multiplied exponentially dep depending on the rate of growth of the industry that that product is in so like for example if we're looking at Clothing, clothing turns over every three to four months, you know, so something's out of season in three to four months. You look at electronics, electronics usually turn over year over year. You look at, um, uh, let me see, 
Ooh, I can't even think of anything off the top of my head. <laughs> you look at, I'm, I'm just kind of going through Walmart in my head. You look at fishing gear. I actually have no idea when fishing, or let's say guns. Guns don't turn over that often. You know, you're talking two, three years when a when a new model of gun will come out. So uh, up up to 10 years before a new model of gun will come out. So, you know, having a backstock of those is not, of course, the, the worst thing in the world. So it, it can be the... It can be multiplied by the rate of the change in the industry as well. So, I'm sorry, I, that was a really long tangent. But basically, if you have dead stock, it's always a good idea to move it with uh, with sales. And if that's your goal to remove that dead stock, depending on your industry, you you want to. Um, yeah, just just remove it, recoup any money because that that dollar that you get for that ten dollar item you paid, yes, you can't look at the nine dollar loss. You have to look at the dollar gain because you have zero at that point, you know. And if there's no prospects to sell it because it in, because the industry's moved past that the technology of that product or the the demand for that product or the need for that product, you're sitting on a zero, and you're going to continue sitting at a zero. So a one dollar is still uh, a a step in the right direction. If your goal is to grab more market share, then you're not only going to have to look at, you know, just hosting a good sale, but you're going to have to go even deeper. You have to focus on advertising in new channels. That's if you want to grab grab more market share, because the channels that you're advertising in right now, either the the pool you you've already probably raked in as much as you can from the existing pool that you're advertising to so you have to look at advertising in different pools and on top of that you have to devise retention and loyalty strategies just because you pull from somebody else's market share or you pull from another business doesn't mean you're going to keep them you know so just because you give 50% off of my off of an item and you're offering a really good value and a really good price doesn't mean you're going to keep that customer. If the customer is loyal to the other company, you have to devise ways to bring them and and gain their loyalty, uh, earn their business. You have to earn their business. So you have a lot to think about if you're looking for market share and you have to be very, very, very diligent in your planning. So this is when I, um, when I look at planning, uh, Planning, hold on, I'm sorry, I'm looking at my, my notes here. This is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually skip down this part here. Oh, okay, I see what I did. So when I look at planning, uh, your planning should be about, you should be looking at planning about eight weeks into advance, okay? And I know that sounds like a really, 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 really long time to be thinking about a sale that far in advance. But if you're looking a week, two weeks, three weeks, you're going to see losses in revenue, you know, that's, or your, your sales not going to do as good as it could. That's, that's just the long and short of it. It's not going to be that blowout that you're looking for. You're not going to get that revenue that you're looking for. It may be good. You know, you may be able to offer a good enough discount, but it's not going to, it's not going to accomplish the goals that you needed to accomplish. So when I look at planning, I look at it in, uh, eight week increments. I always try to give about one week for, um, I always try to give about one week for planning and making arrangements, get with your staff, meet with them, get ideas from them, 
usually when you're at the owner level or you're at the management level, you're not interacting with the customers as much as you should be. Or I'll take that back. Not as much as you should be, but as much as the uh, associates are, or the sales representatives are, or the customer service representatives are. So you have to get with them and you have to get that feedback from them. They'll tell you what the customers want. They'll tell you what they're, they're getting asked. Um, another thing is ask, take that time to ask your loyal customers what they'd like to see. You got to remember, they're not just your customers. They shop at many locations. Their eyes are on many different types of sales all over the place. They see things that you don't see because you're, you're busy managing your business. So to get their insight and to, uh, you can use their perspectives to find out what a majority of your customers are looking for or what the, and it may not even be the majority of customers, but obviously you've you've attracted that their demographic so what is their demographic looking for in a sale so uh i'm gonna take a sip of my drink here i'm sorry ah mouth getting kind of dry so uh that yeah asking your customers during that first week making sure this is an important step making sure that you have the logistical capabilities to handle your ideas all the systems need to be in order you know, you, and you have to make sure that your your idea is not rooted into grandeur, that it's so that it becomes impossible to execute. You know, you don't want to say, oh, well, we're going to do this, 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 this. I remember I did a sale one time on an online retail channel and I said, OK, I want to give a gift card for every time you purchase this item. But then I didn't know that the gift card needed to be a value. And I tried this kind of and it, I had all these moving pieces working and I didn't take the necessary steps uh, to test my ideas and to make sure that they work and the system kind of broke down a little bit. So I, you know, you have to, you have to take that, that week to not only plan, come up with ideas, but to test out the systems that you want to have working for you to make sure that they're going to be flawless and that they're going to work the way you expect them to work. And if not, then you may have to go back to the drawing board on some of those ideas. I know I get hit up uh, or I get hit uh, a lot of the times and my business partners will say, hey, well, why don't you just do this? And I say, that's not possible. And they kind of look at me like, you make a lot of things possible and this is not possible. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's, it's the systems, you know, systems are great. They're awesome. I love them, but unless you plan on spending forty to $80,000 on a custom system, you're going to be limited to what you can do. So you have to know what those limitations are, and you have to be able to work within those limitations, and your ideas have to be able to fit into those limitations, again, unless you're looking to spend 40 60 80 100 200 half a million dollars into a custom system for yourself. Either way, <laughs> so from your planning, you should get some um, some some feedback on what items you should carry, what services you're going to sell, how many uh, quantities are going to be available. That's a really big thing. If you're going to sell an item and pretty much make no money on it, how many times are you going to do that? Are you going to order a hundred of those items? Are you going to order a thousand? Are you going to order ten? You know what does that number look like? Are you going to offer any rain checks or substitutions? That's a big thing. You know, I I uh, worked at big box retailers uh, retail stores before. And I would we would sell out of an item and customers would say, well, do you have a substitute item? Sometimes we did. Sometimes we didn't. It really depends on what we're trying to achieve at the time. You know, if we're looking for revenue, then, you know, if and it costs us zero dollars, then, yeah, we might have a, a swap out or we may offer a rain check because we can get it from the supplier. Um, if we are looking for 
more profitability, it may not be the the best option to keep selling a zero dollar pro- product. We know we're raising our revenue, but decreasing our profit margins uh, percentage wise. You know, when you're looking at your P and Ls, so it, it it depends on really what you're looking for, whether you're going to offer rain checks or substitutions. Where will you market your your uh, sale? Are you going to market online? Are you going to market through newsletters, social media, handouts? What do you, what do you, where are you going to market? Is the flow of the store going to change? This is a really big thing with retail, and I don't think a lot of people understand how important this can be. Your store has to flow, and it has to flow flow even more so on sales days. I've worked stores where we have completely rearranged the entire flow of the entire store because of the sale day. The sale day was so big and and we needed it to to flow a certain way. So we've had to rearrange things um, so that so that it did so. It's all of those things are very, very, very important. And that you know, when when you see when you hear a week in the beginning for planning, you're like, wow, that's that's a long time. But when you hear that everything that you have to do, that week, you know, starts to shrink and shrink and shrink on top of all of your other daily duties and tasks that you have to do to operate your business. So um I wanna go back to this point here. When no 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 let's let's keep it going. So three uh the next, uh, the next three weeks are ordering, receiving necessary supplies, stock, um, products that you're going to sell, things like that. You now, and, and again, this depends on the industry. It depends. Sometimes you know you can go down the street to your local distributor and pick up your product. Sometimes, you know, you order your product overseas and it takes you know three, four, five, six weeks to get to you. But you know, I like to say on average three weeks, and this is going to fit most business models. Usually with a sale, you're anticipating a spike in revenue. This means that you're going to sell more product. Your order might be larger than your normal order. So depending on your industry, you may have to give your, um, you may need to order your product a little bit more in advance to allow the manufacturer or the distributor time to actually get you the product because they have cycles just as you have cycles of when your customers are going to buy and and how often they buy and they and they're projecting all of that out if you're if you are uh giving them a spike in orders that may be pulling from stock or maybe pulling from pulling from product that they didn't know that they would need so you have to give them a little bit more time than you normally do and i like to say about double the time that um that you normally give them so if it takes you about a week week and a half um to receive products give them three weeks give them three weeks this gives them time to order from their suppliers and if if they need to replenish their stocks and it also takes into uh, consideration when you have other businesses ordering from that same uh, supplier as well so you have two weeks of compiling your graphics and printing materials. Again, printing is usually pretty fast. Um, so this gives a little bit of time for the queue. You got to, again, consider that you're not the only person having a sale, especially if it's going to be like a holiday weekend or something. So you want to give time for your uh, the, the printer to, to um, catch up with the queue. You know, you don't want to... Uh, 
you don't want to put your concerns on them. You know, give them time. Give them about two weeks. Also, graphic artists can take a little bit of time, you know, and some back and forth work, things like that. So uh, for graphics, printed material, I would say graphics, you should have that done within three, uh, two to three days. You should have graphics done. And then the rest of that time remaining should be um, allotted for the printer. Then one week of informing your customers of an impending sale. I try not to give this. This is kind of like one my little my little tip tidbit here. You know, this is this is kind of like my, my little trade secret. So, you know, if you use it, great. If you don't, no problem. Find your own. <laughs> but this is this has worked well for me. Um, I spend a week usually on letting our customers know that a sale is coming up. I try not to give any details. You know, I want to measure the most effective um, channels. That's that's kind of why I, I do this. So I like teasers. When I launch a sale, I like to measure where my fans are engaged the most at. So if I put huge sale this Labor Day, comment below if you're going to be stopping by on Facebook and Instagram. I will check the engagement on what I have on both. If I see more traffic on Facebook, I know I need to develop my Instagram account for future campaigns. If I see more traffic on Instagram, then you know, vice versa. I need to focus more on Facebook. Um, I, I've even done some A/B tests where I'll say ten. Well, and, and I won't do it at this stage, but when I actually get to the sale, I'll say Facebook ten you know, for sale off and I'll use Instagram 10 and I'll see which code comes in the most often uh, to see where my customers are engaging me the most at. And sometimes I'll either, I, it, it helps me focus my energy uh, toward whatever I want to focus toward. You know, if I, if I want to see big returns, you know, I'll focus to the channel that, you know, I, I see the most engagement at. If I want to focus on developing a channel, I'll look at the channel that I have the least engagement at. So, you know, there's different tactics or, or there's different ways that you can use that information. <clears throat> Another thing I like to do, and this is kind of like a little trade secret for me, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, in that one week of informing a customer of impending sale, no, no details, no prices, uh, maybe I'll have the item up for display and I won't say the price of it just yet. You know, I'll just kind of like wet their whistle with just like a little bit of like here, you know, here's the, here's the, uh, here's like a little tidbit. <laughs> so either way, um, but one thing that I like to do is, uh, a teaser for a newsletter opt-in. I want, I want customers to give me the opportunity to email, to, to advertise to them directly. You know, Facebook is great. Social media is great. Instagram's great. Um, flyers are great. Printed materials great. TV spots are great. Email is the best. Email is still the best and most effective way to advertise to your customers, hands down. There's there's not a study that proves otherwise. There, there's there's um it's just it's just the most effective now. And again, you can, you can't take your personal experience into into this account. You have to take you know, the, the large studies that are being done over 10,000, 20,000, 100,000 people into consideration when you're, when you're, when you're advertising, because advertising is all numbers, you know, marketing is all numbers. You're trying to reach the biggest amount of people for, for the least amount of money. Um, that's, that's basically what advertising is. And it's almost a shot in the dark. You know, a lot of the times you're taking a best guess, uh, at, 
at it and you need those numbers to supply you with the best guess and the numbers say that new that email direct email is still the best way to advertise to your customers so i use this as an opportunity to get customers to opt in for my newsletter with an exclusive deal. I advertise. Uh, I want to reward the customers that choose to allow me the opportunity to advertise directly to them with a special discount or a special bonus item or something that way uh, that they're only privy to. You know, nobody else knows what this is unless, you know, somebody puts it on online and says, here's the email that I got. But <laughs> but either way, um, the... Uh, I want to give that to them. Also, I like to make it known that the deal is only for those select customers to incentivize people to to subscribe to my uh, newsletter. So it's I, I I really want that opportunity. I mean, I can't. It's really hard to. Um, there's a. I think I've talked about this in past episodes, but there's a street here in uh or here I'll, I'll i'll say that this is a better example that you know a lot of you will be able to relate to you're driving down las vegas boulevard you know you're driving down the strip and you're looking left you're looking right and you're trying to figure out which which casino are you going to stop at which casino is going to get your business and you're looking left and you're looking right and you're you're bouncing back and forth and there the lights are so bright and the the colors are so vibrant and the screens are so big and the rooms are so filled and the slot machines sound so fun and the energy looks so great at every single place and they're all fighting for your dollar. They're all scratching and clawing as close to the, as they can to, to you to grab you in to your dollar. That's, that's how advertising kind of works you know in my mind I, I i imagine driving down that strip you know every time i'm on social media you know i have this person advertising and that person advertising and and this person every time i'm on tv i see a sneaker commercial over here and in and a in this and a different brand over here and fast food here and fast food there and i, I have all these companies grabbing at me to get my dollar and you know, with email, it's my personal space. Nobody else is there but me. I subscribe to who I want. I unsubscribe to who I don't want. And it's my kind of personal channel that I can I can filter. I don't have Facebook writing algorithms to <laughs> tell me what I can see and don't see. I don't have, I rem oh my gosh, I was just thinking about this the other day. I, I, I've been watching a lot of YouTube lately, um, specifically The Breakfast Club, you know, um, that's that's a really, you know, love love hip hop and I love um, what they what they do. So either way, I've been watching a lot of them, a uh, lot of YouTube lately and they uh, or YouTube pops up with ads. And I remember I remember the first time I saw an ad on YouTube um and for I guess the younger generation, yes, YouTube didn't have ads at one point, but the the because uh, it's it's been a while. It's been a while since YouTube hasn't had ads. But I remember when they when they first put the ad up there, and I I thought I clicked on the wrong video. I said, "What is this? Why is this on there? I don't what I, I don't remember what it was." But I remember seeing the ad, and I was like, "Then it, it, after probably about ten seconds, 
of seeing the ad, I was like, oh, Lord, here we go. Because <laughs> like, I knew YouTube was like completely tainted at that point. But it's not bad. You know, they, they throw a 15, 30-second spot to give you the option to skip. I think they do a good job. But either way, I've got all these companies grabbing at me. And, uh, you know, email is just really one of those last spaces that, and I hope nobody, I hope like Google doesn't hear this and they say, oh yeah, we got to advertise in their email now and control what they see in their email. Cause that would be terrible. But, um, it's, it's really one of those last spaces where you, it, it's, it's, it's your, it's your space. You know, even my house. Even in my house, I get mail all the time from Red Plum and and Valpax and and all sorts of things on because I'm on somebody's list somewhere and it just gets obliterated. But and I can't like click a button to unsubscribe or mark them as spam. I got to call or write in or something. You know, it, it becomes like a hassle to unsubscribe to those those channels. So yeah, either way, it. Email is just one of those last personal spaces and for a customer to give you the permission to advertise to them in that space is is huge. You know, that's that's a very huge thing to do. And this is why I tell businesses all the time that you you have to ask a customer for that whether you make a sale whether you don't make a sale if you've got a body of a warm body in front of you and they have an email address you need to ask for it that is it is so important to get that information from the customer so you know like i said going back to it that uh that week before the sale that one week before the sale one thing that i really really like to do is uh create a uh, campaign for uh, newsletter opt-in for exclusive deals and I try to make the deals very exclusive and very good bonus gifts or gift cards or an extra five percent that nobody else gets or uh, and and uh, and again you know if the system will allow me I'll lock it down so only the people that receive my newsletter will get that advantage uh, of that maybe give them a proprietary code or whatever whatever but um I like to I like to take advantage of of uh, newsletters. It's it's really 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 important. So um, and and I go back to that real quick. You gotta gotta keep in mind with newsletters. You have to be. It's good to be consistent. It's really good to be consistent. But the deals and the content needs to be worth it too. Nobody likes. You know, I think after one or two emails from a company, I start to kind of get numb to the company. Um, I know like right now, Hot Topic is sending me a ton. I went in, I, I collect those little Funko Pop dolls and I went into Hot Topic and I bought one and they said, hey, do you want to catch your email? I said, yeah, sure. Why not? And they, uh, they send me an email literally, literally, not, not exaggerating, every single day. And today, uh, after a few months of emails from them, I get an email that kind of pertains to me. Like, I'm, I'm going to go through, I'm going to tell you, uh, I've gotten so many just blasts from emails from them. Like yesterday's, yeah, yesterday's was vinyl records, 15% off. I was like, okay, a day to remember. There's 
I mean, they've got all this content in here. It looks really good, but none of it appeals to me at all. Like they have Hogwarts, buy two, get one free on select styles of clothing from Hogwarts. I've given them no indication that I have any interest in any of this, but every single day I get a new item the, uh, in my in my uh, email that they that they want to advertise to me. And today was the first day where I've had you know something, and it says a uh, sale on Funko Pop doll uh, Funko Pops two for buy two get one free, you know. And this is like okay, you know, I, I've I've kind of got all the ones that I want from them. They've got some ones in here. I'm like okay, you know, this is this is actually worth me looking through, you know. So, at it took. It took, gosh, I'm going to scroll down. I'm scrolling scrolling down. I've got all the way back to their first email came from November 14th, 2015. So every day since then, every single day <laughs> since since November 14th, uh, 2015, I have a email from them. Um, so like I said, it... it and this was the first one. And I look at it every day because, you know, again, I'm a student of advertising and I want to, um, you know, be the best that I can and, and look at what other companies are doing and see what I can draw from. But uh, they're consistent. They they email me every single day. And I again, I look. But I've, ha I've had the feeling that I've wanted to unsubscribe. So either way, you got to make the newsletters, make them have really good content, make them have uh, the deal be, be actually worth it. You know, give them a reason to sign up. Don't just say exclusive deal and then you advertise the same deal that you do to everybody else. Then it's pointless joining your newsletter. It's valueless. I'm going to unsubscribe. You know, would you unsubscribe? That I mean, that's what you got to ask yourself. So if you got the email, would you unsubscribe? Do, give, give the people what they want. So the last week, the very last week, week seven through eight, is one week of you blasting your sale Everywhere, everywhere. Need I say more? Be annoying. And we've talked about this in previous um, uh, Sales 60 Lives episodes. Some of the best advice I've ever gotten, ever, ever, ever gotten in advertising and marketing is to be annoying. Plaster your sale everywhere, all day, until the the last day, and even that day of the big event, and even that that every hour of the big event. Allow your customers to be annoyed by the marketing because I promise you they will not be, okay? I promise you they will not be. Now, if you're advertising to one guy every single t time and you're calling him, you're texting him, it's like, hey, you got the sale? Yes, that's annoying. But when, it, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll go back to this. Uh, we, I've talked about this in the past and, um, you know, this is really for anybody that's first uh, listening to Sales 60 Live, again, the best advice I ever got was be annoying because, you know, you pass by, you, or I was thinking about it, I was thinking how many McDonald's commercials do I see a day? And I'm like, okay, maybe I see one or two a day. Then I think about how many McDonald's TV spots that they have, and I think I looked it up one time, um, somewhere like a couple hundred across all these different channels. So, them their advertising department sees oh my gosh we're going to be spent we're going to be uh putting out 500 t uh, tv spots a day that's a lot but one of their customers one person sees it maybe once or twice so with you being annoying 
and putting your marketing in every place that you could possibly put it, it seems like a lot to you, but it's not a lot to your uh, customers. Their, their eye is going to be caught by it or it's not going to be caught by it and you can't determine um, you can't determine what what their eye is going to be caught or not caught by. So you need to put it in as many places as possible and as constantly as possible. Um, now with e with newsletters, I think that's the exception. Don't email every four minutes. That's you you'll get way more subscribes. Um, you know, limit the newsletters once a day. I feel is pretty heavy. Um, once every other day, I think it's still pretty heavy. I say once every three days ish is to keep me from unsubscribing from you. But you know, you have to examine it and, and um, do what you see as best. So that's my eight week breakdown for um, how you should be planning and executing your sale. Okay, uh, I'm gonna be. I whenever I talk to people about sales, I get a lot of excuses. You know, from from sh from shop owners, from uh, business owners, from online store runners. I get a lot of excuses all the time. I say, "Hey, are you planning a sale for Labor Day?" They're like, "Oh no, 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 I got this," and I'm like, "Why are you just missing this money? Why are you missing this opportunity?" And I get about five top excuses. So I'm going to go over like these top five excuses that I get as to why not to run a, uh, a sale. So the first one I get is I don't want to lose money, right? And this usually comes from the smaller business owner um, or, you know, they, they have, they do a, a smaller amount of revenue and I understand it. And I, and I totally empathize with that, but I promise you, you won't lose money if you set a goal you create a plan, you execute your plan as precisely as possible, and then you measure the results and apply that to the next sale. You won't lose money, guaranteed. There's, you know, it's, if, if you're very, very intentional with your efforts and you're very uh, careful and, 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 just pr and just take the time to just think about things and work through things and ask people, ask people, you know, I, I still don't get this. There's people out there that, that don't want to hear something from somebody. You know, I want to hear everything from any from everyone, everyone. I want to hear it all because, you know, if you're smarter than me, if you're not smarter than me, if you know more, if you know less, if you more experienced or less experienced, I learn from everyone all the time. Throw a thousand ideas at me. If I can pull one piece of information from that, then it's useful. I'll take it. But I want to hear it all, you know, and I, I'm, I'm somebody that just loves to just hear everything that everybody has to say. So, uh, you know, that's, that's, uh, one thing, you know, when you, when you're creating your plan, please just reach out, use your resources, talk to people, talk to people more experienced, talk to people who have walked your path, Talk to people that uh, who haven't walked your path. Reach out to as many resources as possible, and then when you create a plan and you execute your plan, you know precisely. And and I say this because you can't you can't just execute your plan and kind of be on and off, on and off, on and off. You got to execute your plan to, so that you know what works and what doesn't work. It's a scientific experiment. 
You know, you, you're going through the scientific method. You can't just skip a step. You have to execute your plan. So I don't want to lose money is my response to that is you won't lose money. Just stick to the plan or set the goal, create the plan, execute the plan, then measure the results and you will not lose money. Number two, I don't want to run out of stock because it's going to make my customers unhappy. Well, running out of stock is a natural problem with business. Ideally, You'd like to get to the point where you can order the exact number of products that your customers want and the stock will show up right before the customer wants it. Now, this is a logistical impossibility, but as a company and as an owner or manager of the company with a product to sell, it is your job to come as close to that zero as possible. So what do you do? You you put in practices, you put in stocks or, or uh, you put in inventory systems, you put in you put in processes to make sure that you can come as close to that zero as possible. So to so I say this. It's not the greatest situation to run out of, of stock, but it is a worse situation to overbuy. I think it's the worst situation to not advantage to uh, not take advantage of a sale opportunity. So uh, you're with with overbuying. You're left with stock that's of less value and potentially unmovable assets because you've already sold to everybody that wants it. So if you had, so if I had to choose between uh, running out, overbuying, or not doing it, I'd uh, I'd run out and offer things like rain checks or um, your back orders. If you let your customers know, and this speaks to the transparency, if you're very transparent and you let your customers know that you have 10 in stock and that's all you're ever going to have, or if you're going to have 10 in stock and you offer rain checks, uh, if you let them know the initial stocks and you let them know when you run out, they can make a choice. Give them the opportunity to choose. Okay, they're not going to be that upset. They're not going to break ties and doing business with you forever. They're, you know, if you you have to set the right expectations, expectations. And I talked about this in, in my previous episode um, where it was uh, uh, the, the episode about managing escalations, customer escalations or uh, yeah, dealing with customer escalations. A lot of customer escalations come from setting improper expectations. So you have to work to create those expectations for your customers. If you're gonna have 10 and that's all you're gonna have at that price, then let your customers know that, okay? Let them know I have 10. I expect for them to sell out within the first minute. Be here. If you want to have this item at this price, you need to be here. That's that's the expectation that you're setting. Now, if, they're out, if you run out, they're here an hour later, then it's on them. You know, you, you've done what you can do as a, as a business owner, as a business manager. Also, it's a great opportunity to upsell. You know, people will yell at you bait and switch all the time. But, hey, you know, it's it's not a bait and switch if you set the right expectations. Now, if you say, hey, I've got this item and you never carry that item. And then you say, hey, you come in and it's like you trying to upsell them. Yeah, that's bait and switch. But if you have that item, you sell out of that item at the price that you said that you were going to sell it for. And you sell as many as you said that you were going to have then that's all you can do. And you have this opportunity for an upsell. Maybe you make a couple bucks on the upsell, whatever it is. But um, you uh, you know, there's that upsell opportunity. And we talked about that last last episode. If you want to get some great tips on uh, upselling, uh, listen to the last episode. 
So uh, number three, I don't know where to advertise. <sighs> okay. You don't know where to advertise. Every time I hear this, I'm like, you don't know where to advertise? Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, flyers around town, flyers on cars, customer refer referrals. The list goes on. If you don't know where to advertise at this point, you need to go back, listen to episode one, start there, and, and uh, start listening to the podcast from then till now. And I promise you, you'll get the information you need to figure out how to advertise. I've had some great um, guest speakers on. Um, I had uh, M Maddie Wilson talking about how to advertise with social media. I've uh, done um, I've done uh, breakdowns on on managing social media. There's there's advertising opportunities everywhere, everywhere. How to bring products to market. How to uh, hire good salespeople. How to um, Geez, I mean, build brand loyalty with uh, incentivizing, uh, upselling. There's there's so many different ways that you can advertise. Um, so that's that's really not a thing anymore. And it's 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 like so cheap to advertise nowadays. It's it's unfathomable. You know, before you had to sp the cost of entry for advertising was so incredible, so incredibly high. So now it's it's easy. It's almost effortless. So please don't let that be be an excuse anymore. Uh, this is one that I, that I've heard, um, a, a few times and I, I can, I can understand this one. I don't have the means to do graphics or designs. I get that. Now, uh, to that, I say, first of all, so, um, if you've got word, if you've got basic knowledge, then please, please try to put something together. Um, there, you know, reach out to your to your resources. I know everybody doesn't have people that have graphic design backgrounds or that can do. I mean, there's, a, I mean, with with this millennial age, there's so many people that know how to do so many different things. You know, reach out to them. Use your social media networks. Ask people. Somebody knows somebody that knows how to do graphic design that will help you out. Um, now, if if in the off chance that you have nobody, nothing, no resources, there are programs. Um, in my companies, we use Canva. Uh, in in we, I, I mean, I use Photoshop, Illustrator, the Adobe Suites. But then on top of that, we use Canva. It's a it's a watered down program. It's super 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 easy. It's literally dragging and dropping an image. They help you custom uh, create themes. They it it walks you through it step by step. So it's it couldn't be easier if you if you applied for your business license online or if you've if you've ever ordered anything online you can do canva so i would say go to canva i'm gonna actually put a link in my um in my facebook for canva and uh you can click on that link also there's a really great program fiverr uh if you if you've never used fiverr i know people that have got their logos created with fiverr i know people that have gotten uh oh my intro for um for Sales 60 Live, that was actually done with Fiverr. It was a $5 intro uh, with an upsell of $15 for the music. Very, very simple. You know, like it cost me 20 bucks for a, a professional sounding intro. That's that's the power of the resources that are available out there. You know, if you spend 20 bucks on a graphic, that's going to make you a few hundred bucks. Then who cares? Spend the money. Get get. Get the graphic done and, and, and get it back to you. You know, Fiverr is a really great program. And, you know, the turnaround times are fairly quick. You know, you can get graphics done within 24 hours. So, uh, yeah, take a, look at, uh, take a look at those resources. The last one I get 
I, I just really don't I just really don't understand. Um I don't have time. I get that. You get busy. If you don't have time to put together quality sales to drive new business, you're not gonna be in business for long. You know, that's that's the hard truth about it. You have to entice customers to come to you. You have to entice customers to want your product. You have to grab market share. The this is just a necessary process of business. It's like saying I don't I don't have time to apply for my business license. Well, you're not gonna be a business then. It's you have to take the time to do these things, or you have to delegate the time to do these things. Um, it's 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 just that important. There's there's really no other response to that. Uh, to I don't have time. You got to make the time. This is very it's very very important to capitalize on these sale opportunities because, you know you're 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 going to. Uh, you're gonna need the revenues to grow. You, I mean, you're gonna need the revenues and the profitability to grow. So if you're if you're looking to grow your business at all, then you know you you got to make the time. So uh, I've got about a little less than eight minutes left. I want to go over some sale uh, some sale ideas. I didn't want to end on such a blah note. <laughs> so um, so some unique sales opportunity. Uh, some unique sales ideas. Uh, number one, I always say this percentage off for joining your mailing list or a free gift for joining your mailing list. It's very, I, I can't stress this enough. You got to capture people's emails, C capture, 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 capture people's emails, get that information. Um, it's, it's just imperative that you get that information. There's programs out there. MailChimp has, um, a free 200 or 2000 subscribers, um, you, you don't pay for it. You know, you just type it in the mail, uh, MailChimp as they come in and MailChimp will email up to, I think it's 12,000 emails per month. So you can reach out to that same 2000, six times, you know, every month and not have to pay a dime. So, you know, it's, there's no excuse not to have a growing mailing list every single day. Uh, free gift card with a purchase. I really like this, you know, a lot of people I get when I when I start talking about gift cards, people say, "Oh, I don't have a gift card machine." First of all, there's no reason not to. Uh, a lot of the POS systems out there have some kind of gift card feature. If you don't have one, you know, reach out to me. I can recommend a couple good POS systems that have um, gift card attributes. But the uh, so like a free gift card or a discounted gift card, I think it's a really good uh, value add. Uh, giftcardgranny.com is where I pulled these stats from, but 61% of gift card holders will spend more than the amount of their gift card, and 75% of those who overspend spend 60% more than their gift card. So I'm going to try to do this math here. I think my brain's going to break when I do this. But if I, let's say, if I have a $10 gift card, let's say 61% of gift card holders will spend more than the gift card. So if I have, let's say I sell 100 gift cards at $10, that means 61 of them, or if I give away, uh, I hope this math works out. <laughs> I didn't even do this math. Um, but uh, so if I have 61 people and they spend just a $10 gift card, that's $610 lost. I'm going to put an L next to that. And then... The forty nine percent is remaining. So, or let's call it forty forty nine. Or 
dash by math is terrible. 39. 39 people are remaining. And then of them, 75%, so that works out to 29.25, will spend 60% uh, more than the gift card. So that's $16 times 1.6. Yeah, $16. Uh, so I have 29 times that. So about $468 total in, in, in revenue there. Um, and then the remaining minus that, boom, 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 10. So that's about 9.75 people. That is gonna be at a loss. So, oops, that times that. So I've lost a total of Seven hundred and seventy seven hundred and seven dollars and fifty cents and people have spent or and I'm talking about if I gave these away actually. So uh, I need to take the revenue from this minus two nine two point five. So that plus that. So I've lost um Oh man, my math is terrible. Either way, uh, I'm making some money on it. So I think I'm making close to, hold on, my math is super bad today. If I, I'm doing this all in Excel, kind of on the fly here. Times 10, oops, times 10. And then I have this number minus this number. So yeah, if I gave away um, ten dollar, a hundred gift cards to uh, hundred ten dollar gift cards, I'm still, I can still expect to make about hundred and seventy five dollars in in uh, profit there. Now that's money that I've given away, and that's just a profit, about hundred and seventy five dollars in profit. If that uh, if that information holds up from grant, uh, uh, giftcardgranting.com. Now, there's also a statistic, and I didn't pull the statistic, and I wonder if uh, that website has it. I didn't even, I don't remember even seeing, but there's somewhere, kind of for, there's a large percentage of customers that actually never spend their gift cards, or a large portion of gift cards that go completely unused. So that's, that's another thing that, uh, or here we go, 40% of the total gift card recipients do not use the total value of the gift cards. That's basically free money for you that's coming in. You know, that's money that you don't uh, have. Or, yeah, that's that's free money for you. So, I actually have about two minutes left, so I'm going to kind of fly through these other ideas. The other... Uh, the other the other uh, great sale idea that I have is uh, bundle offers, pairing a high margin item with a low margin item to kind of balance the pro profits um, close to zero, pairing your high margin item with a dead skew, or pairing two high margin items up to make to make up for the low margin items that you have going on. Um, interactive sale um, themes. So one thing, did you know that National Tell-A-Joke Day is on August 16th? Come in and tell us your best joke and get 5% off or 10% off if we laugh hysterically. You know, just things like that. Double your double your rewards points is a, is another thing. A lot of companies are t embracing rewards points more and more. And um, 
if you haven't get on a rewards program get get your customers uh hooked on a rewards program and like doubling your rewards program can add value and traffic to your your store either way i'm almost completely out of time um down to a minute here so i want to uh, thank you for everybody listening live um uh, I want to remind everybody to follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, subscribe to my channel on Mixler.com, uh, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Uh, download the episode on your smartphone uh, with your podcast app. Share this channel with your family and friends and colleagues. If you'd like to suggest a topic for upcoming episodes, reach out to me at sales60live at gmail.com. Again, that's sales60live at gmail.com. Again, Thank you so much for listening. Check out all my previous episodes. Um, I've got a lot of really good content. We've got more content coming through um, every week. I'm live every week Sunday uh, at noon. Sometimes I'm a little bit late, but no problem. Again, thank you for listening. Have a productive work week and happy selling.